Welcome back. It's another episode of Growth Lab's Weekly GL, where we're tackling today's issues and how they impact your business. This is hosted by me, Dan, and Stephen. We'll give you our raw take on what's important for you and your business. Let's get started. Corey, you're joining me today. This will be yeah. fun. We have Steve's a lot of out. cool stuff to talk about. Yeah. Steve's still out, yeah. Um, but today, uh, the theme today is going to, we're going to stick to risk. Yep. Um, Inherent, of, economic, political. Yep. But I want to stay focused on uh, risk in planning, the planning cycle, yep. the risk, the, the risks inherent in our plan, mm-hmm. especially with the backdrop of the economy and some of the headlines that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been kind of a quiet week with the whole Democratic National Convention, but there's actually some really critical, uh, I think they're critical because I think what we're going to find in some of these headlines, or at least I did, there's truly a dichotomy in this economy and there's a dichotomy in investor perceptions of where we're headed in the next three to six months. And no doubt with the DNC, that that alone is like in the next three three months. Yeah, Yeah, last night was the big big headline, you know, Biden secured the DNC nomination. So that's headline number one. Yep, nothing, nothing new on that. This is we no, all expected, so we expected this. It, right? this, is, this is nothing new. Um, however, you know, we've it's talked the culmination about this before. Of the it's last the culmination. Like, it's it's last two, four the, years. I would even go as far back as Obama. The Obama. Granted, he was the vice president, sure. but he's always been a much more centralist. Mm-hmm. And I'm going on a limb here, right? Mm-hmm. But he's more of a centralist, and maybe uh, it comes matures with age, I guess. Uh, but I think it's what a lot of a lot of that middle America is desiring right mm-hmm. now, uh, not the left and right extremes, yep. not the chaos, not the volatility in the White House. Um, I'm not going to lie; I'll go out on a limb here, and I almost voted for Trump four years ago. Mm-hmm. I personally was ready as a small business owner, mm-hmm. right? I was ready for change. Yeah, I was ready for um, uh, pro business policies especially around tax codes mm-hmm. um, and reform and, and looking for some reform. That said, I think I'm ready mm-hmm. for change too. And yeah. I'm kind of excited. And uh, so, I th- yeah, I, th- I think to your point there, um, one of the themes is, um, you know, the, the middle of the road, right? We're, we're finding ourselves over the past year to date, maybe even slightly more for, for different reasons, but, um, very different extremes, right? So we see businesses tanking, we see businesses going under, but I think one of the second headlines of today that we wanted to bring up was Apple, right? Apple hitting $2 trillion mm-hmm. in market valuation. I think that was either yesterday or this or morning. today, I think. It's a, now, is that a huge move over the last week? No, I mean, that's the direction they were headed. Yeah. But it is a huge move because they it goes back to that notion of businesses that create platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wanted to start with the headline of, hey, over 37% of economists poll are actually now expecting a W-shaped recovery, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting when you're seeing the apples of the world, Google's, um, uh, maybe Netflix throw it in there and Facebook and Microsoft, sure. you know, companies that have created platforms, mm-hmm. um, they're killing it right now it, on the verge of what could be another downturn in this economy. Um, and that, of course, brings us to that, ten, that sense of there's a dichotomy because what else happened this week? That was, uh, that was huge news. Berkshire Hathaway. Berkshire Buying Hathaway. Into gold. Buying into gold. They bought G-O-L-D, not actual bullion. but Not the gold bars. Not the gold bars. But they bought gold, ticker symbol gold. I mean, 
that in, that in itself for a guy who who probably never I've never heard him like talking about buying gold, right? So, but with that said, it's totally a play on the direction of gold. Uh Um, This is obviously not, not, he's not a short-term investor. And of course, he's also what? Apple investor, big time. Up to this point to go, I don't know what he uh, bought. I think he's one of the number one investors in Apple. But that's his number one holding now too. But that shows like, the two dichotomies, he's he's playing his bets on both, both right. sides. Unless we start seeing a pullback on Apple stock this quarter, which who knows? Who knows? I won't go on a limb there. But, you know, back to that dichotomy, it's all about the economy dummy, right? Mm-hmm. This is the conversation we had, um, I want to say 12 years ago. It, people really didn't think the economy was tanking. They really didn't believe that real estate was... Uh, truly a risk mm-hmm. uh, to the capital markets. And well, we all know what happened right right Bury your head in the sand until it actually hits you in the face. And I feel like it's happening again right mm-hmm. now. And so I don't want to spend all day on W-shaped recoveries or gold or apples. Sure. Um, but that does, that makes me feel like I smell risk. I, I smell risk. And when I feel like there's risk, there is definitely going to be risk in your plans. And so today I want to talk a little bit about planning, mm-hmm. the risk inherent in your plans. Yep. But more importantly, uh, playing off a topic of topic we recently just talked about this week, working which capital. is working capital risk. Yep. Because it's really it's really going to be difficult to understand the underlying risks of your revenue, especially with the backdrop of COVID. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the uh, major swings we're seeing in the economy mm-hmm. from one day to the next you have 30 million people on the unemployment line the next day the economy grew by 17 percent month over month you know it dropped by 25 yeah. percent uh quarter over quarter right you're seeing these major swings and when you see these swings that's a sign of risk yeah. well what was our conversation off to the side like before this right you made a you made an interesting you had heard an interesting um analogy as to why we are seeing polarizing swings at least in politics and that was because well i you know one of the you're right one of the things i uh, read over the weekend um and it kind of took me by surprise i mean you know i've never been i've never been the guy that voted in primaries sure but yet this this individual was making the analogy that the reason why we do have such polarizing um, uh, elections and electoral is because you don't have enough of a middle America, uh-huh. not the extremes, but the average Joe uh-huh. or Jill, right, going to the primaries uh, to vote for more centralist candidates. Which is nothing, this and, is nothing new, right? You look back to not to. And I feel like I should have known that. It, it was sort of like, uh uh-huh, yeah, totally. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not to keep talking about politics, but it's nothing new. You look back to 2016, Hillary's going to win, right? Look at the look at the primary results. What happened? We all know the results of that, right? Um, But to kind of come full circle back to our point on these polarizing extremes, this this is a human um, uh, feature. How else you describe it? Emotional feature, right? Um, I think back to like Amazon, we talked about this, right? What happens when you go and you find a product that you want to buy on Amazon or any, any website? Yeah, you go to the reviews. You go to the reviews and what do you see? You see one star reviews and you see five star reviews, right? People are only, I only voting. Go to the one, I only go to the one star reviews. 
because I really want to know that thing's actually going to work or if yeah, it's a piece of crap. It dies in two weeks. But you right? really should be going to the three-star reviews, the four-star yeah. reviews. Those are probably the folks who really kick the tires and really got a holistic global view and, mm -hmm. and want to yeah. you know, articulate. Um, but, I the point I, but the point and why I bring that up is because you made a great analogy when we were talking is, and it was like, what is risk, right? It's managing inside that box between those one-star reviews and between those five-star mm -hmm. reviews, right? It's knowing, are you going from one-star to 10-star? Or are you going from one-star to three-star? Like, what is that risk profile? So let's go like? back to Stats 101 and take your normal distribution curve, right? Mm -hmm. What's risk? Yeah. Well, I know what I'm expecting. Here's my expected yeah. outcome. Risk is essentially you not hitting that outcome mm -hmm. and how wide that range of uh, other potential yeah. outcomes could be. That's risk. Mm -hmm. And so today there is risk. There is risk in the economy. Mm -hmm. There is risk in politics. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, not I think, there's also risk, you know, for, unfortunately due to COVID, yeah. there's health risks. And so all those two or three things are really going to translate and drive risk in your plan. So yeah. let's talk about working capital. And yeah, go I think I think that though, like that risk, right? There's risks on both sides of the equation with even just COVID, right? Like you have um, you have that W shape, mm -hmm. and we have that second dip. That can be a burden for companies, right? Either pro or con. You see Amazon, they they may pop. Mm -hmm. You see retail shops, and they may tank, right? That's a working capital risk, right? It, your your capital dries up. Yep. On the flip side. You also have risk with working capital if you are on Amazon, but you are a small business that does pop through this. That in, that's imposed is another working capital risk of, say, buying things like inventory, mm -hmm. right? Um, which is one of the kind of like the three, four topics that kind of plays so working capital. So when we do look at working capital, you really shouldn't just be looking at working capital through the lens of your balance sheet. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't just be like, oh, here's my chart of accounts. This is my working capital. That's not how you really should be analyzing yeah. your working capital. Your working capital is sometimes off balance sheet items. You know, everything from when you first entered that purchase order with a vendor all mm -hmm. the way to actual uh, collection of cash from your customer. Although for the purpose of today, um, we're, we're going to look at just three working capital items that we're all sort of comfortable and familiar with. Accounts receivable, obviously. Yep. Inventory would be the second. And then the third is accounts payable. There's other, there's other working capital accounts, obviously. But, you know, it's the 80-20 rule. Mm -hmm. And chances are most of your working capital risk... of businesses have these three buckets. Yeah, and I would say working capital risk today is probably in bucket one, mm -hmm. uh, which is accounts receivable. And if you are a manufacturer and or especially a retailer, the other place is inventory. Sure. You know, and that's going to be a tough one, the inventory, because if you did come into this to your uh, second half uh, planning cycle, second half of the year planning cycle, mm -hmm. You know, you're thinking you're either coming at this from the perspective of, hey, this is going to be a quick dip and then there's going to be a quick up, uptick and sure. we're all going to kind of go back to whatever normal was before. But if you're thinking through the lens of this is going to be a extremely slow recovery mm -hmm. or if you're thinking, hey, maybe we're facing a double dip. Do you really want to be investing in your inventory as a retailer when you recognize 25% of your revenue in the last two weeks of the year? That's a tough, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. It's a tough one, especially right now. It made me think like, 
I'm sure there are suppliers, vendors on the flip side that are trying to push their own products, right? So what are they gonna do? They may give you discounts. This is great. I can buy my inventory at 25% off. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it, yeah. right? No, because I'm, of the I'm, inherent I'm risk of, we don't know what happens, right? And to come full circle on the economy or the politics rather, we can see two very different outcomes regardless of COVID and this pandemic, what happens to the economy with each, each different president, right? right. Um, you layer that, you layer on top COVID. Inflation. Inf there's a lot you know, of different things I, happening right now. I, I agree. So to, to just continue on inventory, mm -hmm. Sorry. you know, two things to kind of think about for inventory. One, don't fall into the trap of, hey, I could buy this at 25% discount. Mm -hmm. um, they're giving me extended terms. Yeah. Be, be careful, buyer beware on that side. Yeah. The second thing I would be really uh, cautious of is without changing your business model, without changing your revenue model, uh, thinking about uh, rationalizing your SKUs. Mm. You don't have to, you don't have to actually offer a hundred different product lines. You can, you can, this year, this year is the year to rationalize the SKUs that you sell mm -hmm. and focus on those that turn the most or potentially could meet future customer demands based on the behaviors. I mean, let's face it, we're all changing our consumer behaviors. Yeah. So that's my two cents on inventory. And my raw take on accounts receivable, it's manage, be transparent, have open conversations with customers and with your employees. Mm -hmm. Employees sometimes forget, right? Yep. Because they're not, their pay is not tied to working capital performance. They're sometimes not thinking about, hey, what's another, you know, what's another hour or two if you're in the service-based industry with mm -hmm. a customer? That you have to be careful because unless you're a bank, and I always say, you know, to our customers, you're not a bank, yep. you're not your customer's bank. Um, buyer beware. My raw take on this is having open conversations, uh -huh. being super tactile with collections. Yeah. Don't don't outsource collections. Collections and collections to uh, that uh, analyst uh, one year out of school, mm -hmm. right? Going back to our conversation on Monday, one of the jumps that we did um, that you can find is, is that was a that was a big piece of this. Mm -hmm. um, but on the flip side, mm -hmm. don't outsource that or don't don't give up control that's that's overly um uh, maybe not the right words but on the flip side you have to you do have to retain control of the services yeah. right the, of what you are providing at the same time because to your point that extra hour may not seem like a lot but if on the flip side you have someone that's you know holding back on payment that's mm -hmm. even a bigger risk that you are imposing right. on yourself. So, so the third thing I would say on accounts receivable, mm -hmm. it's rationalizing your customer base, putting them, you know, breaking them up into three buckets, high yeah. risk, medium risk, low risk. That's a good practice because you could actually kill a couple of birds with one stone on that, yeah. right? You could stay hyper-focused on the collections, but it also gives you an opportunity if you bring in a, a bigger group to this conversation, you can start having deep dive portfolio reviews of all of your customers. Yeah. And that's what I think on a quarterly basis or every six months, it's just healthy to do that. Well, this is the perfect time because what, what do we do with our customers around Q3, Q4? We do the LRP, right? It's the long range plan, the three to five year model, right? Now, 
Um, not to not to put AR in a five-year plan, but around this time, we usually do that data dive, mm -hmm. right? We, we go into the data, we look at these metrics, we look at inventory, what are your top sellers? Like this is the perfect time to be doing that. I agree. Regardless of these other emotional things that are happening. I totally agree. But again, uh, it's good practice to be doing it um, consistently, consistently yep. constantly. So I'll leave it at that. That's the raw take on AR. And of course, onto accounts payable. AP, we kind of talked a little bit about when we were talking about inventory. Mm -hmm. But again, AP, it's one of those buyer beware. Be cautious. Vendors are starting to pull back on terms. We're seeing mm -hmm. more and more uh, COD upon delivery, um, more uh, deposit, you know, deposits prior to starting the work. Um, if you're looking for more... If you're looking for discounts, right? Instead of inventory, mm -hmm. look at what you already have outstanding, right? So try and work with your vendors on that regard too, right? Um, it's both sides of the equation. Yeah. So in times like this, everybody's pulling back. Yeah. Liquidity is going to dry up. We, you know, as the EIDL and the PPP, a lot of this free money, if you will, um, it is drying up. We're seeing it on balance sheets. Um, there is some sort of, uh, some companies are just kind of, Hoarding the cash, yeah. uh, which is probably not a bad idea, but not the greatest idea, because we do believe that that cash could be used to grow the business and and actually get you out of this survival mode and yeah. push you into more of a thrival mode. Um, but on the AP, again, it's having those open communications with your vendors, uh -huh. um, giving them the comfort level that uh, I mean, we say this about our about our banker friends. Uh, August right now is the best time to. That set up those meetings, build the relationship, build a relationship. Hopefully you already have a relationship, you know, after you've been through the PVP loan process, yeah. but get on their radar, mm -hmm. have the conversation. Why? Because ultimately you want to be off of their radar. Yeah. So I, I just jumped the gun back to working capital. So those are the three places I'd be focusing on. Um, and the other big thing I would be, you know, there are a lot of ways to create ratios and metrics around yeah. working capital efficiencies. Stick to something that's you know simple that you can understand. Inventory turns. Yeah. Uh, days outstanding. Those are just two nice ways, and there's a million ways. I get it. There, there are pros and cons to those um, to those metrics. Uh, there's seasonality in, in inventory. There's uh, you know there's there's in the accounts receivable. Sometimes it's hard to understand the days outstanding because invoice dates and due dates don't get pulled in correctly into your general ledger. Yeah. But all in all, if you can kind of stick to turns and days outstanding and begin to understand that, uh, I think you can I use your, I use your, um, uh, your, your term a lot. Um, don't boil the ocean. Don't right? boil the ocean. Keep it simple. Keep it into something that you can, you can actually influence. Right. right. And while, I mean, to, to kind of close, begin to close this out, like risk, inherently has a many draconian conversations around yeah. it, right? Feels around it. It, it, this conversation, it's- And it shouldn't. It shouldn't, right? But, because on the flip side, my point there is, take a step back sometimes too, right? It's like, I think of history, 2008, some of the greatest companies that are around today mm -hmm. came out of 2008, totally. the, the worst time in a lot of our lives, right? To start um, a business. So, to start a business. So, while all this is happening, right? There's a ton of opportunity out there too, right? You have to, you have to, you have to be able to manage the risk and execute. Mm -hmm. So 
with that said, yep. uh, that's a wrap. That's and, a wrap. And um, looking forward to next week. Looking forward to it. All right, nice job, Corey. Peace. Thank you. Okay, so that's a wrap. Always love talking shop, Steve. Thanks, Dan. Join us next week. Check us out at growthlabfinancial.com or text weekly GL to 833-759-0277.